Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and if I'm honest, things are falling apart. Luckily, Barry's here to tell us about the intense condemnation and the tender hope of the <laughs> prophet Micah and the Bible. But before we afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted, now that they've lied awake at night thinking up their evil plans, let's reward <laughs> evil with evil and welcome in our favorite party prophets. Marin and Barry, good day, guys. <laughs> good day. Greet good. yourself. That's right. I, I live, I lie awake I late at night just scheming up evil plans. Yeah. <laughs> Rise quickly to accomplish them. <laughs> uh, guys, what's new? How are you guys doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm great. Yeah. How are you? Well, yesterday we saw Barry and he came in a little worse for wear. He had uh, scratches on his neck. Oh, and, yes. And, uh, and told us he was, a, he was attacked by a chicken. Yeah. Barry, yeah. care to share? <laughs> it's just not life on the farm, guys. It's just, you know, living in close proximity to animals. Now I've got uh, Cleo loves to like cuddle in the bed in the morning while we're waking up. Um, she usually sleeps in a crate, but then she's up there on the bed and every now and then she'll just like stretch out her little paws. And this yesterday morning, she, uh, stretched out her paw and just like a nail just like scratched all the way across my neck. So you gotta, you gotta get nice. the, uh, the petty paw where it's like a pedicure and you just kind of grind down the dog nails. That's what you guys I've need. Never heard That's of that. But yes, step. we need to get that. That sounds, <laughs> sounds most important. It's like sandpaper and, just on the nails. Yeah. Does your dog sit still to let you do that? Cause our dog does not. My dog sits still for everything because my dog's a bit big fat bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> she can't be bothered to move for anything. So yeah. But then yeah, Chester, Chester every morning when I Chester go Chester's your rooster. My rooster. Every time I go yeah. out to let the chickens out, he always just comes at me. Like he I think he's defending the girls and but he's just straight up toxic masculinity. <laughs> By girls <laughs> like, you mean just chickens. The hens, yes. Yeah. He's yeah. always on the lookout to like defend them from anything for whatever reason he's always like get out of my home and i'm like the one that i built for you or well, was it just i, I don't it, feel like he uh he appreciates where he's come from no very much he really because doesn't. was weren't the the girls the, didn't they almost kill him at one point <laughs> yes yeah okay, when and he was just a little little tyke all the hens were pecking him and although it's an issue because they pecked out all of his feathers on his tail um, <laughs> and then he got some mites and so i think they've been like keeping him from growing his feathers back but it's been like a year and he's not growing his feathers back so we don't know what to do we're like dusting him for mites we're trying to keep him clean and isolated it's when like he needs to if he ever gets like them. bloody little stumps on his tail <laughs> it's uh <laughs> This I don't know what family the deal friendly is. pod, Barry. We don't sorry, need to talk about sorry, stop, stop <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, poor Chester, yeah. man. I don't know what to do. He just is walking around with his little nude, nude tail. <laughs> Again, family friendly. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry, families. Is he, is he quarantined? Like, like, is he? <laughs> we did for a I, second. We quarantined him for a bit. Last time I was at your house, uh -huh. he was like in a separate. little pen. Yes, he was separate from the others. He, he actually did have Can't a. Can't be trusted can't say the word bloody stump, but it was, it was bloody. So we had to clean him up. We used our new utility sink to, which Liv always referred to as we could always use it to wash a chicken. And the very first animal that was involved with the utility sink was us washing Chester. So anyway, yeah. So the animals are fine, but they do attack me. The boys do. <laughs> um, How do you wash feathers? Well, you don't want to get the feathers like super wet and you definitely yeah. don't want to use soap on them because they've got like an oil that's important. Mm. So it was more like us friends of the pod off. take notes. More, it was notes. more like us rinsing off the bloody area so that we could put yeah. some like ointment Man. on it. 
coming in hot with this pod. Sorry, yes. guys. We, Sorry. Bloody we, we are here we to educate and offend. Coming in hot. So, yeah. guys, the other thing Flipping that's really comfortable. The other thing that's really exciting on the farm is I got more perennial plants the other day. I drove down to Southern Indiana on my last day off on last Friday, and I bought a bunch more like trees. I got apple trees and You're pawpaw trees and pear trees, and I got a whole bunch of new shrubs and fruiting, vining plants, and all kinds of stuff. And Did so, you get these at Lowe's. No, I got them at Brambleberry <laughs> Permaculture Farm in Paoli, Indiana. Told us about this guy last yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like or your. Like he's two, like your. Uh, a year and a half ago. Your Gandalf. <laughs> or your Yoda. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, although this time he wasn't actually there. It was, it was his wife who was kind of get, helping me figure out what to buy. But like, it's literally paradise, guys. You go down there and it's just birds chirping everywhere, and they've just got all these plants. It's a nursery for like permaculture plants, and it's incredible. So we so need like, to take a field trip. Yeah, it's really really cool. And so, and it'll take years for most of these plants to get really established. But like five years from now, like all of them are going to be fruiting, and I'm going to have. I've got three different kinds of strawberries and they grow at diff they, they uh, mature at different times of the year. So I'll have strawberries like for a huge portion of the season and it's just going to be paradise. So anyway, that's the new fun thing. And I'm having a blast and I put up a, like a big trellis uh, in at the entrance to my little food forest and I'll have some <laughs> vines growing on that. So it's just, it's just so cool. You guys have to come see it. So when you say uh, return to Eden, you mean go to food, literally, stores. I like I'm mm -hmm. I'm returning yeah. my property to Eden. Yes, <clears throat> that's the idea. Maren, how are you? What's new? I feel like. All right, guys, before you get into this, Whoa. if you wow. notice, I'm talking quieter in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I recently moved offices and this is where we do the podcast now since COVID in our offices or where. Yeah, yeah, virtually. But little known fact when we built this building, we put up walls of paper mache. <laughs> yeah. And that is the uh, infrastructure that we're working with here. And so everybody around me can hear exactly what I'm saying. And I work <laughs> next door to the accounting people who do not appreciate they the, don't love the party. <laughs> so I'm, I am trying to like, it's constantly giving me anxiety right now. How loud, loud I'm talking. Cause I know that they can hear me and, Okay. Well, well, you guys well, can talk well, as loud as you want. But. Yes, true. <laughs> Marin, what's new? <laughs> um, well, um, probably the biggest thing that's new on the family front, Jed just started school for his uh, master's degree. So that's exciting. Yay! We are all busy and to some degree just like doing new things. What, uh, what up school for anybody who's probably forgotten? What is he going to school for? Um, he's going to get his educator's license. So he works, he has his bachelor's degree and he works for IPS as a behavior specialist. Um, but he's getting his teaching, teaching mm -hmm. degree now. So you hear that Jed, your last easy day was yesterday. Your last <laughs> easy day of playing video games was yesterday, Jed. <laughs> it's nothing but school and head in your books. From oh, now on. he, he is in it now. He is in it. So yeah. that's, uh, exciting and something um, that I'm sure he would appreciate prayer for as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we talked about this last week, but any, any new driving student driver updates, everything <laughs> going okay. How many like so ice cream runs so have there been late Zero. night? Zero. None? Wow. Zero ice cream runs. You are, no. You are 
blowing it, Meredith. Who <laughs> is home long enough to eat ice cream? <laughs> Ask what? me that. that. So your house is just abandoned as everybody does activities. Oh, man. Yeah, You're, we're just... You live like three minutes from the kolache factory. There's no morning like, hey, Jaden. Did you say kolache? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. We Have you never okay. been there, Marin? I would say klotchki. Klotchki. Uh, that's, what we called them. that's what we called them in our Polish neighborhood in Chicago. Okay, klotchki. you'd probably be klotchki. right, actually. Klotchki. I went through this with Marin on the retreat. <laughs> we don't... We don't say things. It's like, yeah, I'm having a great day in the Kalashke factory is down the street. It's like you're you're speaking a normal, normal tongue. And then all Speak of a sudden. American. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, That's really hey, funny. this is great salsa. Where's where's it from? She's like, yeah, I, I've learned this uh, salsa recipe. Um, from La Pasadita. Yeah. 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 From Chile and Verde and La Perita. And we're like, I made you some arroz con gandules. Yeah. Why am I going to be like some arroz? Arroz. Arroz con pollo. Gandules. Arroz con pollo. No, no, I will not. I will not disrespect my grandfather that way. (laughs) All right. So Kalachki, that's what we got to say. Kalachki. I could be wrong. No, you're probably right. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Kalachki. Anyways. With the Chicago accent. You're blowing it big time with the. No, <laughs> with not making Jaden your errand boy. <laughs> I mean, that will come. It will come. All like right, I said, right. they are almost done with school. And then we will have all of the ice cream runs all uh-huh. summer long. But he's doing great. And it's still just quite the adjustment to get used to him being like, okay, mom, got to run. And then like you hear yeah. the jingle of the keys hanging off the lanyard and yeah. I just start praying, Jesus, please, Jesus, please keep him safe. Keep <laughs> yeah. him like, That's so fun. I'm just Ugh. picturing Marin staring out the window as the car drives away, a single tear just yeah. going down the cheek. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And the relief that I feel every time I see his car parked out front, uh-huh. my boy made it home. Okay. Like <laughs> this, this is this all new feeling. Well, now we got to start talking curfews. Right. Have you guys had that conversation yet? He's not out there hanging out super late, but I have a feeling that that's going to come with the summer territory as well. Um, So when that happens, if the curfew is like midnight, um, are you guys, well, would you wait up till midnight? Oh, without question. Like you, he'd walk in at 1203 and you're like sitting in the recliner. being like, <laughs> Sitting in the recliner. Yes. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I mean, we already have the issue where it's like come home at like, I don't know, nine, ten and it's ten and it's ten, ten and it's ten, fifteen. <sighs> and he's like, I'm home. I'm just sitting in the driveway. Oh, like, you know, they'll have conversations in the driveway and he's he's home. Yeah. So he's. Mm. In his mind, he's he's good, mm. but I would at least like him to tell me when he has arrived in the driveway. Do you guys do like find my friends or anything? Do you use your phones to track locations and stuff? Actually, a friend of the pod just shared a app with me that she uses to keep track of her family. And I was thanking her so much because we up to this point really hadn't done that. I mean, outside of the, you know, find my friends yeah. feature on iPhones or whatever. But Yeah. Well, it'll be really Mom, easy to tell where Mom's Jed is because his head's going to be in his books and he'll be right at that table. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It'll be really easy. Yeah. Uh, all right, you, guys. Tyler, what's going on? Well, I'm gonna get, get I already went through what's before. going on with me. It's like, 
Well, you're riddled with anxiety in my new office. <laughs> just sitting here. Um, no, we we have baby uh, ear ear infection going on right now in oh. our house, um, which is really sad. The three year old he gets sick. That's not so sad. That's just gross. Uh, but <laughs> the baby, yeah, he can't really tell. He can't talk, so it's like you don't know what's wrong, and he's just whiny and, and he's probably one of the fever. least fussy most yeah. just chill babies i've ever seen so for him See, to be whiny yes is- so when you yeah you know something's wrong but you can't really help him and yeah mm-hmm. so we're in the we're in the middle of that we're in like day three or four of that and uh he's got some medicine now but it's just been like a lot of things get canceled now when anything happens any kind of sickness it's because it's covid and it's like right well we can't go to church or we can't do anything like he's uh, Milo has like swim lessons. Well, I, I, he got a co- uh, Lane got a COVID test when they gave him the medicine. And while we're waiting on COVID results, it's like, well, we can't really. We hmm. should all be quarantined because that's kind of the new rules. And nobody wants to be around a hmm. kid who's sick. So we've been homebound in the past couple of days. Um, huh. So uh hoping to turn that corner. Although it's been kind of no, no good. Weather. No, no bueno. It's weather. pretty nice today. Yeah, it is. It is, is it? really nice today. Oh yeah. So see, that's yeah. the problem with your new office, Tyler. No window. Yeah, there's no windows in here. <laughs> I have to be quiet. And in this in this recent move, I went from a no window office to an office with a window, and you did the opposite. And I'm yeah. so sorry. Are we putting these on like YouTube? Like, are we recording this with a video? On a good, healthy week, we are. Okay. <laughs> Are we doing that this week? Are we um, getting healthy this week? I don't know. I mean, that's the desire every week. And so uh, we've done it once. <laughs> so, We're one for tell four. You about my state of well, mind. I'm asking because Barry has a window behind him right now, but that's but you're not in, his Yeah, he's in office, his house. And I have like a plethora of windows behind me, but I am also yeah. not in my office. Uh, yeah, the desire is to get these up on YouTube, but... Uh, I have not followed through on a lot of that. Actually, isn't the desire to recreate the pod studio yeah. in the video studio? We're slowly moving that ball too. So we're, once exciting. that happens, we can record in person again and actually hear mm-hmm. the sound effects. And yeah. yes. it's going to be amazing. It's going to be Revive a whole new world. It's been over a year since we've been together in the same spa- pod space. So. Wow. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, we, Grace Church, just entered into week one of a new sermon series. And the sermon series is called Micah. And I bet you can guess what we're focusing on. <laughs> what we're studying together, friend of the pod. If you haven't listened to the sermon yet from this past weekend, Barry, you were the one to give it to us. Um, but can you kind of give us the big, uh, big idea or recap of what you had to say? Sure. So... This was uh, kind of an intro to the series, as well as, you know, looking at one of the particular passages that, that kind of exemplifies the big idea. The, the the book of Micah, it may seem like a bit of a random book for us to look at, but um, the, the simple reason we're looking at it is because it was a chaotic time in Micah's world, and it's a chaotic time in our world. And um, what Micah does as a prophet is he comes in, sees what's going on, and he speaks God's truth to the people. And depending on whether people are the oppressors or the oppressed, whether they are the ones taking advantage of others or the ones being taken advantage of, his words come across differently to those who are committing injustice. His He is... Uh, 
afflicting the comfortable and to those who are being oppressed and being exposed to injustice, he comforts the afflicted. And so um, I wanted us to get a sense of what that's like. And so we looked at basically the whole chapter of Micah 2, where he's condemning these wealthy landowners who were taking advantage and they were um, stealing other people's land and and basically turning the screws on these impoverished farmers. And Micah says, guys, like you're your time is coming because God's not going to stand for this kind of injustice in his land, the land that was supposed to be an example of God's blessing for the world. Um, and so he basically tells them like, look out, don't, don't just listen to these false prophets who teach you incomplete truth um, because you're going to end up reaping what you sow. But then he mm. turns around on a dime and he starts talking to the, the people who've been kicked off their land and the people who've been in, you know, experiencing injustice. And he basically says, the day is coming where, the, where God is going to gather you together again, like sheep in a pen, like he's going to be your shepherd and he's going to watch over you and you will have your land back and you will have abundance back um, because he's faithful to, to accomplish his, his purposes. So I guess the big idea for the whole passage for the whole um, of Micah 2 is really God's blessing, the, the promised blessing that he has for humanity will not be overcome. It's going to win the day. The question is, is, is that something that sounds like good news to us or bad news mm-hmm. to us? And if we're the wealthy landowners taking advantage of other people, God's blessing winning the day means that the blessing that we've made for ourselves will go away. But those mm-hmm. that are being oppressed, that are trying to stay faithful to what God has called us to, God's blessing winning the day is a source of hope for us. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted that to be something that we, we reflected on in our own life. We sometimes listen to our own false prophets and we believe incomplete truths. And as a result, we miss out on some of the blessing that God is, is inviting us to, because we're trying to, trying to grab that blessing for ourselves. Um, but also many of us are under the heels of some form of injustice where we're experiencing pain and brokenness in our world. And in those settings, uh, I wanted us to remember that our good shepherd will see us through. He will bring his blessing to bear in our lives. It, it, it will happen because he is faithful to it. And it all began with, with Jesus. So Mm. I don't know. That's a lot, but basically God's blessing will win the day. That's what, that's what Micah Mm. is trying to get across. And that's what I think we need to hear today, even though our world is kind of chaotic. Yeah. So let's get into some of the context of why this book was written in the first place. You brought out your trusty maps, which I always appreciate (laughs) a good map. You brought out uh, the Assyrian what is the it? Assyrian invasion yeah, of the, the expansion or yeah. Yeah. Um, why did you feel like um, you wanted to do that for everyone? Um, a, because being sort of geographically minded Westerners, it helps to get a spatial sense of like what's going on. Uh, and B, because I really think there's this, there, there's this theme throughout Micah of the Assyrian invasion being he doesn't actually even explicitly reference it as a flood, I don't think, but I tapped into that language as a flood because it really feels like this, this, um, it's like this, this impending doom that's just coming mm-hmm. over the horizon. And, and so I wanted people to see visually like how the Assyrians swept in and just knocked out one city after another on their way down to Jerusalem. Yeah. And so that was why I showed the maps. And, and to me, and it'll actually be a part of this next message to the, the, uh, this coming weekend where the Assyrian invasion is the entire backdrop to the book of Micah and, uh, Micah and Isaiah, the, the first part of Isaiah, these guys were, were 
around at a time where the the Assyrians invaded and then the Babylonians invaded and the, basically the whole the whole country fell apart. And so they were there right at the beginning of all that chaos. And oh, Assyrians these, was, were first? Assyrians came first and destroyed the northern kingdom and almost destroyed Israel, almost destroyed Judah and Jerusalem. But then they didn't. They left and God kind of rescued Jerusalem. But then the Babylon, but then the Israelites did not change their ways. They continued to do all the things that they were doing before. And so God allowed the Babylonians to then come and they did destroy Jerusalem and Judah and the whole, the whole country by that point was gone, was, was in shambles. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because other prophetic books were saying, you know, if you don't straighten up, yeah, you're going to be conquered. Bad things are coming. And then another prophet, if you don't change your ways, <laughs> yeah. listen and obey, uh, they're coming for you. And Micah was like, it's too late. They're coming. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, he's definitely saying, yeah, no, it's over. Assyria's on the way. But he does say to, right. to King Hezekiah, and this is all world behind the text. He tells King Hezekiah, and we're going to, I'll talk about this a little this weekend. Like, look, if you don't change what you're doing, the Assyrians are going to kill you too. And he's in Jerusalem. Like you're going to be, your nation's going to be destroyed. But according to Jeremiah, there's a passage in Jeremiah where, uh, it basically makes it clear that Hezekiah listened to Micah. He actually mm. heard him and changed his ways and he began praying to God for mercy. And so God gave him mercy. And so what, mm. uh, what Micah predicted would happen to Jerusalem doesn't, doesn't come true. What is that this? Is, that's our what? fire alarm. I oh, think. that's you. Our smoke alarm. Yeah, lives making some food or something. I thought that was me. Nope, nope. That was here. Okay. <laughs> Tyler, your walls are so thin. You heard our smoke alarm. <laughs> yeah, from another. Found <laughs> the alarm. Judgment coming. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I smell. I smell something cooking. So do you, need to, do you need to address your fire? No, lives up there. She's standing on a chair, muting it right now. Or trying to. <laughs> All right. This is great pod, by the way. This is good pod. This is give the people what they want. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So um, what was uh what yeah. was Micah setting out to do when he wrote was it like was he trying to was the essence of him his writing just to warn people? Um like why why do we need to pay attention to him in twenty twenty one? So here's, here's what I would say. Anytime you want to understand the Old Testament prophets and what they were out to do. And I, I know this isn't a perfect analogy, but think about Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, he looked around at the world that he was in. He saw injustice. He saw inequality. He saw things that did not represent God's heart for the world. And so he set out to do a couple of things. One, he set out to, to show people just how it unjust things were. He wanted to speak truth and let people understand that this is not right. That these, mm -hmm. these Jim Crow laws and these, these unfair, unjust laws that were being, you know, enacted against, against the black community like that was wrong. That was evil. And so mm -hmm. he would do things. I mean, the prophets would do these stunts to show people, you know, like they'd walk around with no clothes on for a year to show people like, this is what's going to happen to you. There goes our smoke alarm again. Sorry. Uh, don't worry. We, we don't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, but you do. Um, <laughs> so, so, and, and I wouldn't call anything that Dr. King did a stunt, but what he would do is he would, and he and his, his, team, they would go and intentionally get arrested 
for breaking these unjust yeah. laws to bring attention to how unjust the laws were. But at the same time, he was also casting a vision of what God's desire for the world was. He would paint a picture mm-hmm. of justice rolling down like a river. He would paint the picture of, of what actual equality and equity would look like of, of communities lived in, in healing. And so he's doing the same thing. He's, he's afflicting the comfortable and comforting the afflicted by looking at his world and trying his best to, um, to speak God's truth into it. That's what I think of when I think of a prophet. And mm. I believe that's what the old Testament prophets were. Now they used poetry and language that doesn't necessarily resonate with us today, but they were speaking in the same way. Or rhyme. To- well, sometimes they did rhyme and they'd have play on words, but they're all in Hebrew and they're lost okay, in the yeah. English translation. But, <laughs> but, but they're trying to enact change by helping people understand, look, this is what God sees when he looks at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you said, God wants his people to experience his blessing or the blessing. Yeah. And the landowners were not spreading that they were spreading the curse. The curse. Yeah. And the essence of what you had to say, as you already mentioned, is um, God's God's good, God's blessing will win out, will yeah. win the day, and it's up to us whether that's good news or bad news. Right. And so that that makes me think: Am I a landowner? Am, or mm. who are the landowners in twenty twenty one? Is yeah. it is it me? Because I think it's easy for for me at least to think when I'm sitting here listening to this, I'm like, I have pictures of other people. Who are landowners, but mm-hmm. hmm. what is that now? Does that sound like a lawnmower? Yeah, but it's it's literally <laughs> it's a lawnmower. No, it's not. It's a you're it's starting like, to hear like, sounds that don't even exist now. It's like one of those sweeper vacuums. It's not okay, even. Some, it's not even. Someone like a, is mowing their lawn somewhere near me. <laughs> this is riveting, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Such good stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's easy for me to think, you know, yeah, we got to get rid of the landowners, get, get them out, but, uh, or justice is coming to them. But, um, I started thinking, uh, how am I a landowner? Like, should, Mm -hmm. is that an appropriate thought? Like, are we supposed to do some self-reflection of like, I think, I think the natural response is we always picture ourselves as the sheep. That yeah, right. And we need we're to always the we're the victims, yeah. but we never really picture ourselves as a landowner. Um, but 2021 is more divisive and more. It's just as divisive as, as it's ever been, at least in America. And it's easy for us to be like in our own echo chambers and all that stuff. But what what questions should we be asking ourselves as a result of listening to this message? Are we. To, to determine if it's good news or bad news, as mm. you said. Mary, it looked like you were about to say something. Did you have something on your mind? Yeah, I think it's easy, like we said, to think like, well, I'm not evicting widows from their pleasant homes. Right. Yeah. You know, but the sin is greed and wanting more at the expense of the people around you at the expense of Mm -hmm. others of the poor. And so I might not be a wealthy landowner, but am I greedy Mm -hmm. or am I prideful? Like I just want to acquire and acquire and acquire because it puffs me up. And now I look awesome, you know, because of how much I've acquired is, is the sin 
in my life, greed or pride. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or do I just, <laughs> do I not want the correction of the father? A loving father corrects. Mm. If I only want to hear the party prophets yeah. preach to me of the joys of wine and alcohol, because who doesn't want to hear that? <laughs> um, if that's all I want to hear, then I am like the landowner. If I'm, if I am despising the correction of the father, which by the way, he still corrects his people. And I think, you know, the good shepherd, as comforting as those images are, a shepherd's rod is too correct. Mm. It's to keep you on the straight and narrow path. And it might be a gentle tap, or it might be a gentle nudge, or it might be a little stronger than that. But that's what a shepherd does <coughs> for the sheep mm-hmm. to keep them safe so that he can continue to watch over them. Mm-hmm. So if all I'm wanting is like party shepherd, who's going to let me do whatever I want, <laughs> right. party shepherd. then hey, we're going that cliff makes diving, me everybody. like, <laughs> that makes me like the landowner. Yeah. Yeah. I just I think also, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work that we have to do for self-reflection to determine if this is good news or bad news. And that's, absolutely. uh, the, the idea of incomplete truths yeah. that you brought up, Barry, um, I wanted you to touch on that as we, as we an- try to answer this question, how do I know if I'm a landowner? Right. Um, I think asking ourselves if we're following in- or believing in incomplete truths is important. And, and what I, the reason I brought that up is because the, yes, there is a specific sin that these landowners are committing, which is focusing on their own flourishing at the expense of the flourishing of their community which we, we can participate in that. And I mentioned that that can be one of the incomplete truths that we it's blessing for me, but not for my, not for my neighbor. But I, I wanted to take a, a little bit of a step back and ask a bigger question of what were they, what was the actual problem here? And the actual problem was that they were believing incomplete truths, as you said, mm-hmm. and incomplete truth is the belief that God wants me to be blessed. That's true, but that blessing can't come about through injustice that's incomplete. Uh, mm. God wants me to be blessed. And if I, if I want to experience that blessing, I need to ensure the blessing of others. That's how I experience God's blessing. Or I used examples of, um, some of us, you know, we know that we're saved by sin, saved from our sin by Jesus, which is great. It's amazing. That's true. But we then turn around and, and start judging and excluding other people because of their sin. And so it's, it's sanctification without grace and that's incomplete. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. incomplete. And the same was true for us who, uh, you know, we, we're so convinced of the love of God and his grace for us that we don't ever try to change the way we live. We just live however we want. And so we've got grace for us, but no sanctification. Our lives don't change. And so I guess what I was trying to do is to help us see how we are just as at risk of falling into incomplete truths mm-hmm. and being led astray by our own incomplete truth, uh, that we might find ourselves in a place of not experiencing what God really wants us to experience, um, through yeah. our own actions or, or inaction. I kind of wish, uh, when we, when people are born, they're just like assigned a, another person that's like, Hey man, here's your incomplete truth because mm-hmm. you don't see it. Because I probably am living by a lot of incomplete truths, but I I don't know. I don't know them all. And when you started going through the list, like we're saved by Jesus, but we judge other people. That's an incomplete truth. I probably do that. 
I probably or we, definitely or we do that. believe the right things about justice and we use that as a license to hate other people. Like that's yeah. incomplete. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And I probably do that too. And right. I kind of wish there was everybody had like an assigned buddy and uh-huh. that buddy was like their only job was to tell you the complete truths that you were living by because I think like I said it's so easy for us to get in our echo chambers and be affirmed in what we already think and yes therefore we point the finger at other people versus ourselves but this is this is a sermon that's like you got to do the work the work of yeah. self-reflection to determine um whether you're the bully or whether you're the landowner or whatever, the person that is living by this incomplete truth versus just pointing the finger at everybody else who you already assume is living by incomplete truth. Well, you made a really, you made a great point. One of the Thank things you. that we, we do so well <laughs> is we, we justify our actions or our decisions. Like literally, I mean, anytime someone makes a, a difficult decision, they immediately begin writing a story about why it was the right decision and why it was, it was the just decision and all that. And so what we're asking, what I think scripture is asking us to do is to stop writing that story and actually submit ourselves to God's view of our Mm -hmm. decisions, of our actions, which it's a bit of a, it's kind of like dragging some stuff from the dark into the light. And it can be uncomfortable because it means actually saying like, I'm, genuinely not sure if what I'm doing is in line with God and if, and I'm going to be open to the fact that it might not be, that's yeah. really, it's way easier to just yeah find ways to convince yourself that what, that what you have been doing or how you've been feeling is endorsed by God. Like, yeah. And it, and it, uh, doesn't, it doesn't hurt that people who are your friends and family, like they'll support you in that. Like, like you'll say, man, I'm just, this person hurt me. And immediately they're like, oh yeah, we should hate. And then they're all piling on and telling you why you were right to be angry at them. And like, mm-hmm. you, that's just such a normal thing. We don't even see it happening. Mm-hmm. And I, I just wish, and I hope I always am like looking for this in my own heart, but like, I want to be very aware of the times when I'm giving myself license to do something that is actually not in line with God's intentions for yeah. the world. Me too. Uh, this may come as a surprise to everybody. And I probably have <laughs> talked about this before, but uh, when, back when we used to do way of discipleship regularly and we like had disciplers and, uh, or we were discipling other people at Grace Church. Um, the guy who asked me if he could disciple me, um, our first meeting was spent by me telling him that I didn't think this was going to be hard for him because I've got a pretty, I've got it pretty well wrapped up. I know exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty much, I got it pretty well figured out. I got it together. Um, that, uh, that relationship ended with me crying in a Starbucks being like, Oh, God loves me. You know? Um, yeah, And I don't have it figured out. Yeah. But I, I think that um, it, it, my natural tendency is to, to, to point my finger at everybody else instead of mm-hmm. myself. Um, all right. I'm going back to the college dorm room with the lava lamp now. <laughs> all right. Because one of my questions was, are landowners also the sheep? Hmm. Because sometimes I think, you know, sometimes I think, yeah, I'm a sheep. But as I've already said, like, I'm also probably a landowner. And if I'm not doing the work, I don't know that I'm a landowner. But is there room in the pasture for the landowner at some point? Or does God, you know, repay evil with evil? 
Wow. Oh, no. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm all over that, Tyler, because I I was thinking the same thing. There was a point in your message, Barry, where you had talked and you'd said something like, and now the landowners have lost everything. They've had Mm -hmm. everything stripped from them. Mm -hmm. And that is justice. You Mm -hmm. took land from poor widows. And now look, you've lost everything. Mm -hmm. You've been carted off into captivity. But I think the message of Micah is that judgment is coming. Okay. You didn't listen to all these other prophets. Judgment is now here, but don't worry. There's restoration on the other side. Mm. Like you're going to, you're going to have to go through this and it is going to be painful, but he is still faithful to the covenant he made with Abraham. There will be restoration on the other side. You're just going to have to go through this. Mm dark time now because you spent all those years not listening mm-hmm. um we've talked about it with matthew the tax collector you know here's this person who was cheating people out of things justice would have been like all right now you're a destitute yeah you stole from all these people but there was grace and forgiveness and restoration um because jesus was not content to leave him in that sinful state. Mm -hmm. And so to me, that's like a new Testament sort of version of a landowner, just Mm. somebody who was being unjust and Mm -hmm. cheating and yet called as one of the very 12 disciples. Um, And so, yeah, even if we do find ourselves as the landowners, if that was a message, if if that message this weekend was a message of conviction for us, Mm -hmm. we can take heart that, there is still time <laughs> yeah. to repent and be forgiven right. and be made part of that flock of sheep again, mm-hmm. as it were. Right. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That's mm-hmm. that's first John one nine. And it's true. Um, right. The other thing, though, that I'll respond to this and I always I'm always paying attention to this now that I've spent time in a non hyper individualistic culture uh, is the fact that really. And I'll be honest about this, my reading of this passage, I intentionally took a bit more of an individualistic approach where I was saying, like, the landowners got one consequence and the sheep and everybody else got another one. But really, it's not. He's talking about Israel. Israel Mm -hmm. has committed sin and corrupted the land. Mm -hmm. And someday in that day, oh, Israel, I will gather you. And so really, it's the it's the people who are going to be experiencing the consequence of Assyria. And it's the people who will experience restoration but like we've talked about this before it's just hard for us to wrap our minds around that because we're saying well wait a second an entire generation is going to die out before that restoration comes around so does that mean that god was unjust to the did the did the unjust people or the people who were being crushed by these landowners did they then also like get killed and made refugees by the assyrians and it's like okay it's very complicated um but i think what maron's pointing to and i agree is that it's like when you really look at it from a person to person standpoint, God's grace is always enough and is always, always there an offer for us to turn from our wickedness and and be healed like always. Mm -hmm. But it, it does get a little bit tricky when you want to read old Testament prophets and stuff from an individualistic lens. Cause they don't take that lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of in, intentionally reading it with more of an individualistic perspective. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to necessarily navigate that. I'm just pointing out that that's, 
that's a mm-hmm. part of it. <laughs> Where do we go next? Like what, what, uh, what do you have in store with this series? What do you hope everybody kind of walks away understanding or knowing or learning? Well, I, I, I think for the whole series, what I really want is I just want us to all pay attention to our, to our posture in this world. Um, are we looking to, you know, grab land from other people, so to speak, or are we intentionally looking to ensure the blessing of other people this coming weekend? I'm talking about the the passage about, uh, that they will hammer their swords into plowshares. And it's the idea of a, of a time when there is no more violence or war. And really it's pointing to God's desire for us to, um, to not have a, a warlike posture towards our world. And it, it even today forces us to ask questions about, are we, are we living into the teachings of Jesus? Are we loving our enemies? Are we, are we praying yeah. for those who persecute us? Is that our posture or are we at war with our world? And yeah. so that's something we have to be asking. And Tim will talk the third week about, uh, I, I called it the return of the King. And cause there's a theme throughout Micah of, of what it means for God as, as our King to once again, rule and lead the people. And so he'll talk about that. And I'm not exactly sure where he's going to go with that from an application standpoint. And then on the final week, uh, Maren's going to talk about the rather, uh, famous passage, uh, do justly love mercy and walk humbly with your God, Micah six, eight. Mm-hmm. And so I think in all of these, it's going to be a chance for us to think about our place in a very chaotic world, a very chaotic time and an invitation to do some of that introspection that you were talking about earlier. What is a plowshare? <laughs> <laughs> I will be sure to answer that in my message, but it is essentially okay. a little, you know how a plow, they would hitch it to like an oxen and they would, they, mm-hmm. it would, the oxen would pull the plow and it would essentially dig up a, a trench, a furrow, oopsies, yeah. uh, dig up a furrow in the ground so that seeds can be planted there. Mm-hmm. Um, the plowshare is actually the blade like part that mm. first hits the soil and, and breaks the soil in half. Okay. And so conceivably you could see how they might take a sword and turn it into a yeah. blade thingy for a plow. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I'll explain <laughs> that in my message. Cause I'm sure everyone else will wonder the same. Yeah. Thing. It's a I mean, very specific thing for them to say, yeah. that, but it, it makes sense when you think about the context. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Return of the King. We should just show <laughs> episode three of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. There we go. Aragorn. There's like a, a song I could pull as a response song from Lord of the Rings. What? I don't know. Jay, I got to oh. ask Jaden. Jaden. Jaden listens to all of like the soundtracks to all oh, of the right. Lord of the Rings, oh, yeah. so he'd be able to tell me exactly what song would apply. Where right, right now, I there used to be a season in my life where I would watch those movies or read those books every single year. Yeah, and really. It's been probably ten years since I've done that, but right now we're in the middle of going through that whole thing again with people who've uh, never read or watched it, and uh, that's cool. So it's it's on my mind. Wow. I'm well, Jaden can drive now. So, oh, you can come uh, over. Him. Bring him over. I'm gonna reread. Uh, <laughs> I was actually planning on rereading Lord of the Rings again, like this next this month. I'm going to Liv and I are going down to Florida. Our, a friend is loaning us their their condo for a week, so we're gonna go down in a couple weeks. And I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna sit on the beach and just read about hobbits for like days. Yeah. It's gonna be so great. Which is way <laughs> better than last time. Last time you were like, I'm gonna read about the uh, consciousness of uh, octopi. 
Yeah, which was great. This I'm oh, also yeah. going to be getting a book about the uh, that chronicles the collapse of civilizations. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> it's like how, wow. how Easy most, beach read. most civilizations have collapsed by over usage of the natural world. And it's really interesting. I'm excited mm-hmm. to read that. All right. <laughs> and, well, and, that has nothing to do with anything. Enjoy we're how about, our but. own civilization <laughs> is on its way to collapse. It'll be great. <laughs> great. Yeah, good. That's good. All right. Uh, so, Marin, when do you preach? Uh, Memorial Day weekend, right. 2930. 2930. Okay. So, pray for me. Tim <laughs> will be here next week. And then, uh, uh, is that, and then Tim again, and then you? No, but Barry, you're next week, I'm right? next week. Yeah. Oh, so and, then and then Tim. Oh, okay. And then me. Got it. We, yes. I feel like we just talked about that, but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. Until then, whoever shows up will be great. But until then, uh, Marin, will you please send us out? Sure will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. 